Dear disciples of Jesus, may his grace, may his mercy, may his peace be yours through the Savior who not only lived for us but lives in us that we may serve him. Today Jesus teaches us the humble side of service. Tyson was introduced to the Christian faith by his wife. He was kind of a man's man, a nice guy, and, and when he came to church over time, he had learned some of these simple truths and agreed to go through Bible information class where he dove in a little bit deeper. And he liked what God had done for him, and it moved his heart where he confessed his faith. He came pretty regularly to church with his wife and his growing family, and everybody was happy. And Tyson was, was a good guy, except for he'd learned a lot of things and heard a lot of things, but it didn't translate into his life. He knew what God said about um, priorities, but that didn't always translate into the way that he used the things he had and the things he set as most important. He, he knew that his language should be cleaned up. He should act like Christ during the day, but it was Sunday worship and then it was Monday factory mouth. And, and he knew what, what God said, that you should keep yourself clean, except for he would surround himself with things that shouldn't be seen and, and heard. And, and so that happened outside of worship on Sunday. And when God would meddle in his life, he'd hear something, he'd push back on it. And although he would never admit it if you asked him, he often just said no. That's not how it plays out. You don't understand the day-to-day, -day, God, the pressures that I face. On the opposite end, there was Cassandra. Oh my goodness, she grew up in a Christian home. She had Christian education. She found her greatest joy in service in the church. She served her family and, and, and all those around her to be sure she had a job, but her real joy was there at church, and, and she would serve faithfully. It was like she anything she touched somehow or other was blessed, and it was this thing that she had with people, and, and her, her church attendance was flawless. She would come every week whenever there was a list of the next thing to do. How many things could Cassandra tackle? And, and people would look at her almost with envy saying, how do you flit about holding all these things up? But there was this, this voice inside of her that she wouldn't like to admit. But it was this thing saying to her that you're doing a good job, Cassandra. The church wouldn't be able to do a whole lot without you. And those thank yous that come, well, they're kind of deserved. <laughs> because look, look what I'm doing. She didn't want to admit that that voice was there, but it was speaking to her. And, and on days when she was alone or when she was in the midst of service and when those accolades would come, she would start to believe that voice. Can you relate to Tyson or Cassandra as you look at the spectrum of service to Jesus? Where, where do you fit in that pendulum swing? Well, the problem with, with Tyson is... is he liked God to be a God of convenience. When it's convenience to me in my time, I will come and be for you what you need. I will say the right words and do the right things, and everyone around me is happy, but when it comes to go time, when it comes to things I like to do, the things that define me, it's no God. You know, I'm, I'm happy with the suggestions, and I see the merit, but when you start intruding in my life and my actions and how I run in my circles, no, there's pushback. Well, and then Cassandra on the other side of things, too, this voice started to come into her and, and Lake made her almost get this idea of a, a 
quid pro quo? We, we understand that now. Isn't that all over the buzz of the quid pro quo? You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. And in her mind, she thought, although she would never admit it, even if you held her to it, the only person that would know this was God who searches the heart, that God should bless her life a little bit more than others because she was doing a little bit more than others. God, my life of service to you should translate into blessings from you to me. If it's just to make it a little easier or to make the service a little bit more satisfying. And, and to those people and anyone in between, to disciples then, to disciples sitting right here in the pews, Jesus is speaking clear words about service in his kingdom. And to those that say no, God says, how dare you ever question what I say to do? Who do you think you are? And to those say, that say, I've scratched your back, now you scratch mine. Seriously? Do you think I can't function and, and run things without you in my kingdom? I'm God. Check yourself. Jesus is speaking to disciples then and disciples now, and he, he gives this illustration. I'll start at the back of Jesus' words, and we'll work our way back to the front. He says, suppose one of you had a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down and eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink, and after that you may eat and drink? Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants, we have only done our duty. Ouch, did you, did you catch that at the end? Where does Jesus put us? He calls us unworthy servants, doulas. It can be servant, it can be slave. The word slave was used in the epistle lesson. That's a loaded term, how dare you say that? And this, this idea of being unworthy and, and, and being servants or slave, there's this part inside of us that just does not like this kind of assessment because we have our privileges, right? And if you, if you listen to the world around us, there are privileges that we deserve. I mean, even just being in this country, listen to what we deserve. We deserve our rights of freedom. We deserve our rights to, to go to the American dream. We deserve free health care. We deserve to have a break today. We deserve to exercise our rights over others, even if it intrudes on their personal rights, as long as we don't hurt anybody. We deserve a lot of things. And, and when you really are honest, if everyone gets to pursue everything they have rights to, it is a mess. Everybody is entitled. Everybody has rights. And Jesus kind of cuts right through spiritually and says, seriously? What do you deserve? Well, the end of the epistle lesson, it talks about the wages we earn, the paycheck we get at the end of life. The wages of sin is death. What you really deserve is death. What you posture before God is nothing that he would need, nothing that he would want. And if you want to look at it as an organizational structure, you have God up here, who is the divine triune God, creator of all. He's the one that maintains everything. He's the one that puts the beat in hearts, the brain waves in braves. There's God, and where are you? right down here. And from our perspective, we don't like that idea. We don't love God coming to us and giving us a hand across the head and saying, seriously, you think I owe you? Seriously, you think you can say no? From our perspective, this seems like God is being kind of a tyrant. 
God is not being loving at all, but does God have a right to say and do this? To be sure, yes. And from our perspective, we don't like to see this and hear this because it reveals something about us. We are really quite self-interested. And to be self-interested means that we're more concerned with ourselves and our outcome in life than we are with God and his plan and purpose in life. And that's from our perspective. Jesus has to have words. Just like a parent, when they go to a child that's acting like the parent and say, know your place, children, you are the child, I am the parent. We, we understand that as parents, right? And as husbands and wives, we also understand the terms And we understand, too, with those in government that have been given authority over us, understand who you are. Your voice goes only so far. And with God, it is even more so. And so if we have acted like Tyson or Cassandra, if we said, no, or God, you owe me, repent. 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 And then Jesus comes to you and shows you how he views you. According to these words, talking to a part of us that is quite rebellious, he says that you are an unworthy servant, but that's not how Jesus sees you. He comes to you with a completely different posture. He comes to you and sees you as one that is eternally valuable. And it's a value he has placed on you and into you, and he sees you as one who is worthy to serve. Now, that is something amazing. God, remember, on the organizational structure was way up here. What did he decide to do? Although, what advantage would it be of him to do this? We bring nothing to the table, and what did our God do? He decided, according to Philippians 2, to humble himself, to put himself right down here, and to take on the very nature of a servant, of a slave, to count equality with God, nothing to be grasped. He humbled himself and became obedient even to death, death on the cross. So Jesus came and actually served you. Is that not amazing when you think about it? What we don't do, Jesus did. What we fight against, Jesus did humbly and willingly. What God demanded and was to our shame Jesus comes and completely does it in whole, and then the punishment deserved was placed on Jesus so that the righteousness that Jesus gives can be given to us so that a new status now remains on us, not unworthy servant, but, but chosen child, princes among the king, those destined for eternity, a place and a purpose in a plan that is forever. This is what Jesus does for us. But the challenges are out there still, right? That's why he gets to the first part of this section here, talking to his disciples. Things are going to come that are going to tempt you. He says the seriousness of sin is there. It's sin within you. It's sin around you. And sin is serious. And sin has its consequences. Flee from it. If you need help, go to my word. I'll tell you what is sin and what is not. Flee from it. And don't let sin flow from you either. You, my dear Christians, you know who you are. You're precious and have a purpose in me. Flee from sin and don't lead others into it. If there are children and the weak, it is your goal to make sure that nothing entangles them and leads them astray. They're weak and they depend on you because in you is me. Jesus says if they're struggling in sin, go to them and reprimand them. I know it's hard and it's awkward and they may lash back saying, who do you think you are? But your goal is repentance leading to forgiveness and if they do repent and say sorry i've sinned forgive them 
that's hard, right, to forgive? And if they do it again, it's the same thing, and, and they say, I'm sorry, and what are you supposed to do again? You, you forgive them. And then they do it again. Now, this is repeated behavior, and this is a challenge from parents to kids and siblings to each other and in friendships and especially in marriages and all the other relationships we have and the people that are not acting very Christian or aren't Christians at all, if they come and say, I'm sorry, and do the same thing even seven times in a single day, we not only say the words, but our heart is engaged in this act of forgiving. God, you're asking too much. I can't do that. Not after what they keep doing to me, and we personalize it, and we hold it, and it leads to things and emotions that should not be. The disciples, when they heard this, you know what they said? Increase our faith. We can't do this. And to that, Jesus just simply said, you know how powerful faith is? It's like this. Faith the size of a mustard seed can do amazing things. He says this mulberry tree right here, it can be picked up and thrown into the sea. Now, I've seen low-profile low, uh, foliage that just digs in. You get this, this tree, and I've watched as, as they wrap a, train, a chain around this and put it on the front end of a bobcat, and they're trying to just pull this thing out, and the back of the bobcat is going like this. They can't even budget. You've got to dig around and get some of the dirt free, and then you've got to take an axe and start going at some of the roots and try and reach part of the taproot so you can pull this thing out and move it away because you want to get rid of it. That's the way we look at it. Do you realize that faith, the size of a mustard seed, can grab something like this and throw it right over there? How great is the faith that Jesus has put in your heart? It's no mustard seed. The power is there to do, to live, and to serve. And if you think that this, this posture that Jesus gives here is one that he's putting this upon you and demanding of this of you, think of what Jesus is going to do in a few moments. He's going to come and he's going to serve you a meal that he prepared. He said, here, take this and eat this. And inside of you, everything changes. A clean slate and absolute power to go and to do and to serve. Not for self, not for the thank you or the quid pro quo, but because Jesus is for you and Jesus is in you and we live because of him, we live in him, and we live for him. And that involves everything. Everything he gives us to live for him, and this is where you personalize it. Think of your talents, the treasures you have, the time you have, the relationships that are yours, all the things he puts around you. This is where Jesus says, go now and live. And if you don't find joy in it, then humble yourself and repent, and you will be forgiven. But may you find joy in this as you live with Jesus living in you, as you love and as you forgive, as, as you watch and care, as you do the things that Jesus would have you do. And if you're wondering what else he'd like, his word is there not only to instruct you, but empower you to live. So now we've learned the humble side of service, that we have one who humbled himself for us to give us meaning, purpose, value, and power to humble ourselves and serve him. Now go and live it. Amen.